Are women over 50 engaged in a war against their own bodies? They've spent decades being told by society, by the media, by their families, what a healthy woman is supposed to look like. It's always thin, right? And, of course, young. But how can a woman over 50, or anyone really, live a healthy lifestyle, eating right and moving her body, without beating herself up for falling short of some oppressive notion of what she's supposed to look like? And why should fitness professionals care about what's going on in the minds and hearts of their clients? Well, those are the questions on today's episode of Optimal Aging, the show for gym owners, studio owners, online trainers, and other fitness professionals who want to grow their business by serving more people over 50. I'm your host, Jay Croft of Prime Fit Content. Fit pros who excel with this market know that they're not just selling access to their facilities, equipment, or expertise. It's about helping people learn how to live healthier lives, physically, emotionally, and psychologically. Today's guest is an expert on all of this. Nina Man Olson is a counselor, a nutrition coach, and an author. And she's here today to share her perspective for mature women and for anyone interested in helping them live healthier lives. This is not about promoting some kind of anything goes position to make obesity somehow seem okay as long as you say you're fine with it. Nina says this is about getting off the dieting roller coaster that grips so many people, particularly women, and it's about feeling better, looking great, and knowing that you're healthy. Here's my conversation with Nina. Well, hi, Nina. Nice to see you today. Pleasure, Jay. Absolutely a delight to talk to you. I usually focus on the gym owner and how to get people into the gym, but what you focus on is helping older women have positive relationships with their bodies and feeling good about themselves mm -hmm. from the nutrition angle, which includes, of course, healthy movement. And I really like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to hearing about how you do that, how you tell your story and communicate your point of view to people. So tell us yeah. your story, how you got into this. My work is body peace. That fundamentally is what I'm helping women do is create a relationship with their body where they feel at peace because we all know the relationship with our body that is war, which is, I can't believe I ate that. Oh my gosh, I shouldn't have eaten that. Oh my gosh, I didn't get to the gym. I should have gone to the gym. If I had only started, I would have been 10 pounds thinner for the wedding, right? We all know that war. It's that constant criticism and not enoughness. And the reason I got into this work and helping women make that shift from that, I think of it as sort of an antagonistic relationship with ourselves, a really critical, uh, really aggressive relationship with ourselves to a more supportive compassionate, caring, nourishing relationship with myself. And the reason I got into this is because I was the expert at body war. I was like the best. I would do compare and despair on everything. Oh my gosh, she's thinner. Oh my gosh, she fits into the skinny jeans. Oh my gosh, she's just eating a salad for lunch. And I was forever not feeling good enough in my own skin and in my own body. And that work really, that, that sort of prison propelled me into my work of how do I change this? Because it had gone on for literally decades to the point where I tried a gazillion and five diets, mm. you know, all the things, 
to the point where I was like, I am so bored with the conversation in my head. And there are more important things for me to do with the space between my ears than think about what I just ate and what I should eat and what diet should I go on tomorrow. And so I started to really do my own healing. And in that process, I also did professional development. I became a a therapist, a counselor. And then from there added nutrition and body work and started doing body-centered psychotherapy. And in that was still struggling with food and body, went back to school for nutrition and then brought all those together. Where did this come from? for you or maybe for women. And I think we're talking specifically about women at midlife and older, but this sense of hypercriticism, some men feel it too, but there's more pressure on women to, to look a certain way. So what's the source of that? And how do you help people begin to overcome that conditioning? I totally agree. This is impacting men more and more, but I think that the pressure has been on women historically because women tend to be more objectified. There mm-hmm. tends to be more around ageism based at women than men, right? Women are not allowed to age. Men are, right? Women are not allowed to be in small, in larger bodies. Men are, right? And a lot of that comes from our media, our mm-hmm. culture, mm-hmm. and from a time when women were deeply second-class citizens. Mm-hmm. So the only power was how do you look, mm. right? What is, you know, if you want to catch a man, right? I'm putting that in air quotes. If you want to catch a man, you better have that certain it look. Mm-hmm. If you want to get that job, you better look a certain way. So our power and our clout became our appearance. And then you add on top of that a 72 billion with a B diet industry that is capitalizing on making women and men feel bad about themselves so that they'll buy the seven, lose seven pounds in seven days diet Mm. or the book or the whatever. Plus, then as you age, you get into your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s and beyond, we've got a $67 billion industry that's anti-aging here. Do this, use this product to be look mm. younger. Do this exercise to be younger. Do this, do, come on, right? So we have some beliefs that maybe your mom gave you. It was like, oh, honey, you're getting a little pudgy. Let's go on Weight Watchers. That was my mom when I was nine years old, mm. right? So you've got those beliefs that come in and then they're reinforced by all the girls in high school, mm. by all the diet industry, by all the magazines, by all the, the movies. To be larger or to be older meant to be invisible and to have less power. Yep. I hear you. What's essential to women understanding so that they can have a a healthier relationship with their own bodies, with themselves about eating? One of the most important things, first of all, is to realize it's a relationship. We are having a relationship with our food. We are having a relationship with our body. Right. And that's really actually very, very important, not just for somebody who's walking into the gym, but a gym owner. You are not inviting people into a management process. You're inviting people into a relationship with their body, with their food that they maybe never had because they were taught 
the way to do this body food thing was look here's this body i tell this body you do this and then you'll get small you eat this and then you'll get small you do those exercises and then you'll get ripped but reality is not everybody's body responds that way that management model is very painful it feels it feels sort of intense it doesn't feel good so when we invite people to join us on a journey that involves their food or their body. What we want to be doing is inviting them into a positive, caring, nourishing, supportive, sustainable relationship with their body and their food. Because short term, who cares? We've all done that. Mm -hmm. We've all done it a million times. It's why people are not showing up at the gym. It's why people are not experimenting at all with a different way of eating. They've tried. We've all tried. We have all the facts. What we're looking for is something deeper, knowing how to listen to our body and how to respond with respect. And what is that in a simple answer? Or maybe there's not a simple answer and this is what you work on with your clients. I mean, can you summarize it or is it something that takes a lot of individual work with you or another therapist? One is we need to get in our body. So many of us live in our head. I tend to work with very smart, very capable women. They know all the things. But what do you feel? What do you notice? What are the sensations? What's happening in your body? So one is helping somebody get embodied. And for people who you know, run gyms, we all know the person who's like in the gym has no awareness of their posture or their alignment. They're not in their body, right? So to help women get in their body, first of all, we need to know that we have a body. We need to get in the body. Then how do we listen to that body? How does our body talk? We need to learn that. Our body talks in sensation. Oh, that's a whole vocabulary that many women, many men don't have, right? When I say, well, what do you feel? I don't know. I just don't like the feeling. All the, they know is this is uncomfortable. I don't want to feel this. So you know what, I think I'll eat that bag of cookies because I'd rather feel uncomfortable in a familiar way, which is I ate too many cookies and then I feel bad about myself, than feel unfamiliar, like to feel uncomfortable in an unfamiliar way, which mm -hmm. is, I don't know, I, I feel tension, I feel excitement, I feel heat, I feel cold. Let's unpack how your body talks. Then let's actually listen. What's the wisdom in there? What mm -hmm. is your body needing? What is your body wanting? And in that conversation, one of the big pieces that we want to develop in body peace is compassion because everybody's an expert at being the ultimate critic with their own body and food. Mm -hmm. It's outrageous. Like the things people say to themselves mm -hmm. to, about their body and about what they ate, they would never, ever, never say out loud to anyone else to anyone else you would never say to your best friend you're no. so fat and disgusting how could you do that to yes. yourself but you say exactly. we say it to ourselves all the time all the time and so it's one of the things that when we're creating an environment for people to step into to again we're going for changing shifting supporting the relationship with their body one of the things that we want to model for them as gym owners, as health coaches, we want to model compassion. We do not want to model the rah, 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 go, yeah. go, go voice. We all have that inside. We learned it and it did not help. 
And in fact, it hurt. We'll be right back after a short break. Hey, everybody wants to bring in more money and to save time, right? Well, our friends at Nomly are here to help you improve your gym's communications with clients and grow your business. Join more than 300 fitness coaches who are doing more business with less work. Nomly helps to systematize and simplify gym operations by centralizing member data and communications so gym owners can increase their customer lifetime value, improve staff efficiencies, and raise the bottom line. This centralized communications tool helps you in lots of ways. It helps you orchestrate referral programs at the push of a button, helps you hold clients accountable with built-in two-way texting, and it lets you rest assured that all your clients' messages are being handled properly. Schedule a free consultation today at nomly.com slash optimal dash aging dash podcast. That's nomly, N-A-A-M-L-Y dot com slash optimal dash aging dash podcast. While we're talking about sponsors of the show, I want to welcome Life Priority Supplements as an affiliate sponsor and thank them for their support. Life Priority is owned by former World Series champion Greg Pryor and his wife, Michelle. And any gym or studio that wants to expand its offerings to people over 50 should check out its products. I will leave the link in the show notes. And yes, if you use it to make purchases, the show gets financial support. But here's the deal. I would not do this with just any supplement company. I've been using Life Priority products for a couple of years now. Since I had Greg on the show in episode 19 in February 2020, I like their no-nonsense approach, and I am happy to tell you I love their products. Life Priority supports joint health and immunity, improves energy and sleep, and lots more of interest to people over 50. Your clients will appreciate you offering this product line for them. Investing in your health since 1994, Life Priority recognizes the importance of sourcing scientifically formulated, high-quality supplements for their customers. So follow the link in my show notes and get started with Life Priority now. Back to the show. What's different about all of this for women who are a little bit older? And for, for my business, I say I help people 50 and over, something like this. So what's yeah. what's different about all of this for women as they get into that age group? Most women, by the time they're 45 and 50, are like, ah, my body's changing. But I was always taught I should keep trying to have that body that I had when I was 18. So part of this work is, oh, bodies change, right? Bodies change. And to be in that reality of how am I going to be in relationship? with a body that keeps changing. Because as my mother, who's 91, would say, if you're lucky, you're aging. Your body is absolutely going to keep changing. So how do you navigate with fluidity, with grace, the changing and evolution of a body? Sometimes it'll get stronger. Sometimes it'll get weaker. Sometimes you'll get sick, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you'll get feel fantastic. You went on a holiday, you walked a million miles. Then you came and you felt like a million bucks. You came back and suddenly your knee was like, yeah, that didn't work so well for me. Yeah. Right. Like it's up and down. It's all over the place. So how do we be flexible 
in our relationship with our body. And that's one of the issues that comes up as we're aging. The other thing is, what does this body need now? It's not the same diet prescription that worked when you were 24, mm -hmm. right? There's different needs at this age, different um, sense of knowing of what our body is wanting to feel strongest. Mm -hmm. And there's more access to intuition. I really believe at this age, when women have lived in their body for a few decades, you've lived here, you've been through right. childbearing years, fertility, infertility, miscarriages, surgeries, cancer, losses, mm -hmm. like a million things. And so part of working with a body who's in their late 40s, 50s, yeah. 60s, some of that is really healing what we've been through mm -hmm. so yeah. that we can be with our body from this place of kindness and compassion. And sometimes it's some trauma work. Sometimes it's just going back and acknowledging how hard it was. There was somebody recently, she said, oh my gosh, for three years, I wrote down in the most punitive way, every single thing I ate. I look back at that and I'm like, seriously, mm. that was exhausting and, and, and painful, right? Sometimes it's really looking back at our body story and hearing what was there instead of, well, that was just how it was. And that idea of body story is very important. Mm. We want to hear what is the story of our body. How does exercise fit into all of this? And does it mean that I have to go to the gym five times a week and <laughs> do all of that? Or or can I? Yeah. Or what? I mean, how does yeah, that fit yeah. the relationship? People are like, oh, I'm having a hard time getting off the couch. I don't really want to move. Right. And I'm like, in, in all the ways that I encourage you not to diet, and, and really push not dieting because the statistics are 95% of people who go on diets gain their weight back, if not more weight yeah. in two to five years. All the research presents positively for when we move. Now, I didn't say go to the gym five times a week. Right. I said move. So how do you want to move? Do you want to be walking? Do you want to be dancing? Do you want to be swimming? What gives you a sense of joyful movement? Again, I'll quote my mom who's 91 when I'm like, mom, maybe some stretching because I'm yeah. watching her get a little creaky. And she's like, you know what? As long as I keep moving, doing my daily tasks. And then I'll say at the same breath, I'll be like, how about a little more help in the house? How about some help with somebody with laundry? She's like, no, nope, you know, that's how I move. I'm picking up the laundry bucket. I'm taking it down. I'm putting it in. I'm stretching, yeah. right? She's Moving right. shows up in a million different ways. So how, how do you want to feel fluid? And it's one of the things people say, oh, when I lose weight, then I will move. When I lose weight, then I will go to the gym. I'm like, let's flip this. What we're looking for in going to the gym or being active is we want to feel, feel vital. We want to feel energized. We want to feel mobile. We want to feel like we have agency to do what we want to do in our life. That's the message of my business and so many gym and studio owners that I work with. It's, it's not come to the gym so that you can be in the gym. It's come to the gym so you can maintain your strength and your agility and some endurance because those things are necessary for quality of life and autonomy. And we all want that.
the rest is up to you. If you want to just be able to do, be like your mother and do the household chores, if that's the extent of her ambition at, at 91, then great. Maybe someone yeah. else might want to run triathlons. It doesn't really matter, but we all need strength and agility and endurance just to age with health and autonomy. So it's yeah. a very similar kind of thing. Tell me how you approach marketing your services or just mm -hmm. communicating about these topics with, with women in such a way that it helps them take action. I communicate in a lot of different ways. I have a newsletter list and I'm very consistent about sharing. What am I up to? What am I thinking about? What's been coming up in my practice, right? Recently, in the last few weeks, about six people said, I just don't know what to eat. I look in the fridge, I don't know what to eat. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to write an article about that. Out it goes in my newsletter. Then out it goes on Instagram. Then out it goes on Facebook. It's creating content that feels relevant to me. It's got to amuse me. Like, it's got to be interesting <laughs> to me. I take that and then I'm like, great, this is my take on it. And how do I want to share it? The other thing that I started doing quite a few years ago was I started writing poetry. And it didn't really fit. Partly, I was a little bit done with writing like the how-to articles and the five yeah. tips and the three this. I'd done it for decades. And what I started doing, and it came from my kids who were slam poets, or the vocabulary in our family, the language in our family became poems. So I started writing poems about my relationship with my body. And then the relationship that I heard about other women and their bodies. I started sharing it and people resonated with it in a way that they didn't take in the information it went straight to their heart and they would share it so a lot of people found out about me because somebody shared a poem and it distinguished me from other people and it wasn't like i was like let me go find some unique thing about no, it's like this is what we were doing in our family this is how it showed up in life so we want to be ourselves and we want to be unique and we want to be just individual can you share one of your poems? Are they too long? No, I would love to. So this poem, I think, would be a great one um, for what we're talking about. It's called She Let Herself Go. Okay. He's, okay. He said, you've let yourself go. Yes, I have let myself go. I stopped wearing spanks. I stopped counting macros, points, and calories. I said no to the Botox. I let the gray show. The truth is, I did let myself go. I let myself relax. I've let go of, like, of expectations. I've let myself be at home in my skin. I let myself have pleasure. I let myself feel and rage. I let myself listen in. I let myself not care about what everyone else thinks. I let myself free. Nice. I like that. I like that play on words. I let myself go mean having a couple of couple of meanings. I like that you just came upon that. You know, you didn't sit down and say, I need to do something that will distinguish myself and <laughs> reveal who I am in a different way. You just were oh. open to sharing a little bit of your life and your creative side. And I struggle with that as a content creator and a writer. How mm -hmm. much of myself do I put out there? Really, who cares what I think about this or that or what I did yesterday or whatever? And I'm always struggling to make it relevant, probably yeah. to a fault. Maybe I should just let my hair down and say, here it is, like it or not. I don't. It doesn't matter. I don't know. I struggle with that. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I was a newspaper reporter for many years. And, and when I decided to leave newspapers, 
I'd never done anything else. I wasn't familiar with how to market myself or how to find a job. And I was complaining to a friend who's not in media at all. I said, I don't know how to do anything. You know, all these job descriptions are talking about skill sets and decision-making authority. And uh, I'm like, what does that mean? He just laughed and he said, Jay, you're an editor at a major <laughs> newspaper. You have skill sets for days and you make decisions yeah. constantly about a product that goes to hundreds of thousands of customers. You right. just have to learn the lingo. You speak in plain English. In corporate America, they speak in gobbledygook. You just have to learn the gobbledygook. Yeah. And and it made sense, helped me a lot to yeah. realize, I yeah. think that similar, I think, you know, that things that we take it, we take for granted about ourselves Yes. as men, as women, as younger people, as older yep. people, we think that we're ordinary and, and in most ways we are ordinary, but not in every way. Well, but everybody in certain ways are ordinary and extraordinary yeah. all at the same time. We're all of the above and we're unique right? In our ordinariness and in our extraordinariness, we are yeah. unique. And so sometimes we don't see how that uniqueness is needed out in the world and what our message is. And sometimes you can literally say, like, what's important that I, what have I said recently that resonates for you? What feels important to you? And get some feedback from the people who are close to us. Not so much the expert that's like, and this is how exactly. To do it. Nina, people listening to this are wondering, where can I go to learn more about this woman and what she has to <laughs> offer? So please tell the folks where they can do that. I will. So the best place to find me is bodypeacewithnina.com. And it's also ninamanelson.com, which is harder to spell. So bodypeacewithnina works really well. And on my website, there's a lot of resources and some great free resources. And one that's really good either for you individually or for clients, which is a journal. Mm -hmm. It's a practicing body piece journal. And there's 20 questions in there and a few of my poems that are questions that I would ask somebody if they were sitting in my office about their relationship with their body. And it's free. So it's practicing body piece. There's also a masterclass on there. There's some good free stuff on there. And I'm also on social media, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all the places. Okay. And I will link to those websites in the show notes so people can go directly to them. Nina, thanks so much. This has been a delight. And I want to thank you for coming on the show with me today. Jay, thank you so much. So fun. All right. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show and I hope you'll subscribe, tell a friend and write a review. All of that helps us grow our audience. I also hope you'll check out the powerful fitness business training and certifications offered by my friends at the Functional Aging Institute. FAI is the leading authority on how to build a business that's focused on helping people over 50 live their best lives through fitness. Their educational services, networking opportunities, and coaching are invaluable, and the pricing is unbeatable. Just use this special code so they know you're coming to them through me. You can find it on the show notes page and follow the link to learn more. Also, FAI president and co-founder Dan Ritchie was our very first guest on Optimal Aging. So reach back to episode one for more about the Functional Aging Institute. I'm now thankful for FAI's support as another affiliate sponsor of this show. So you'll be supporting me as well as yourself and this great organization. So thank you.
You can learn more about me and my content business at primefitcontent.com. Send me an email at jjay at primefitcontent.com. I'm also on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and just about anywhere else. So check me out. Love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening. Join us next time.